This episode is dedicated to Refurbed, an Austrian company providing a marketplace for refurbished electronics, which aspires to become the one-stop shop for everything refurbished and sustainable. I talk with Kilian Kaminski, co-founder and CEO of the company. Listen until the end if you want to know how to buy sustainable electronics and even recover the value of the old ones laying around your house. Welcome to Reset Mindset Podcast, showing you how companies are combining sustainability and profit today. We believe everyone has a responsibility to innovate for a better future. So if you are looking for inspiring stories to reinvent a sustainable future, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Reset Mindset Podcast. Uh, I'm Marcello, your host for today, and together with me is also Maurizio. Maurizio, Hi, everyone. Come stai oggi? Everything is fine. Thank you for asking. Excited to be here today. Yeah, me too. Today we're talking about one of the aspects of sustainability that um, I don't think gets touched as much as other topics that get a lot of uh, attention from the media, for example, CO2. We hear a lot about uh, plastic, but we don't hear quite as much, I think, about electronics. Now, obviously, we all love uh, our devices and what technology is uh, enabling us to do. But with great power, I think it comes great responsibility. And uh, we need to remember that every time we buy a new device, uh, we're buying rare materials and uh, sometimes a whole uh, lot of uh, supply chain processes uh, that are not the most, the most sustainable. And today to talk about this problem and the solutions that they're bringing to the world, we have Kilian Kaminski, CEO of Refurbed. Kilian, very much welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for inviting me today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Of course. So Kilian, um, I would like for you to start telling us uh, what is Refurbed and what is this mission and what are you here to bring to the world? Sure, happy to do so. So with Refurbed, we are an online marketplace for refurbished electronic devices, which means that this could be like smartphones, but also kitchen products, notebooks, we even have e-bikes, so everything which is electronic. And these products were, were um, used in the past, for example, from big companies, but then all of these products get refurbished in a professional manner, which means that could be done in up to 40 steps where individual components are maybe replaced, which are not working anymore, where the cover is changed for specific devices because of signs of usage. So that at the end of the process, the products look like new and function like new. And for this, we created a marketplace environment, which means that we not ourselves refurbish the devices, but we have specific partners, which we're selecting on a really, really strongly verification process to ensure that on our platform, the customer can find a wide selection of products and always buy something sustainable. So in the end of the day, um, you can compare our business model as a marketplace or a platform like uh, Amazon Marketplace or eBay, which means that we're providing the platform. Um, we provide the insurance that we have this quality control checks to ensuring that only the best refurbishers, the best products are sold on our platform. Mm -hmm. And then we're connecting the refurbishers, which are doing the operational part with the customers. Mm -hmm. So that in the end of the day, um, the refurbishers have a great possibility to sell their products to customers who are searching for it. And the customers have a trustworthy source where they know that Refurb as a platform already did the validation of the quality checks. Mm -hmm. and, the, and where the products are coming from, as it, as it was your second question, the majority of products are coming from big corporates, 
um, which having, for example, business devices, which they exchange every one and a half to two years, but also a strongly growing category for as a source for products is like private people, which are trading their devices to refurbishers mm -hmm. because they realized I don't need my device anymore at home, um, which is a big problem right now. More than 180 million devices are just in the cupboards of smartphones in Germany. And therefore also the, the mindset of the people changed a bit on a more sustainable way to bring products back to the circular economy and the circular economy system and therefore selling them back. Okay. While you were mentioning that, I was wondering, uh, do you control the selection of products that uh, are brought up on the marketplace? Do you have some sort of, uh, let's call it portfolio, or it's just what the refurbishing partners bring in? Yeah, so um, of course, I mean, for us, it's really important, like our, our long-term goal is that the customer can buy everything what he wants to buy as an electronic device refurbished. So that in theory base, when you're looking to your household and you're thinking about, I want to um, buy a, a TV, I want maybe even in the future buying like a fridge or a washing machine, that you can buy everything sustainable and you can buy everything refurbished. So th for this reason, of course, our goal is to be active in all categories across the electronic value chain. Currently, our, our main focus is on the generic products, consumer electronic devices, for example, like smartphones, um, tablets, um, notebooks, but also something like kitchen products, household goods like Hoovers um, or e-bikes. Um, these are, for example, our, our, our focus categories right now. And um, in the end of the day, of course, as you as you pointed out as well, a big focus is to offer the products which are refurbished already. So when we're talking about, uh, like, let's say our vision of also offering a fridge or a washing machine, in these areas, we do not have established refurbished facilities yet. They often you have these repair shops maybe in some cities, but there is no professional refurbishment yet. Um, what we see nevertheless is that the awareness of refurbishment is increasing in the society. And for this reason, more and more businesses are looking into the refurbishment sector so that we get more and more products being refurbished instead of just, let's say, the, the best sellers of a category of smartphones or notebooks. So the development strongly goes in the direction that more and more also new categories of electronics getting refurbished over time. Awesome. Um, I'm curious, what is the environmental benefit, uh, net benefit of a refurb product compared to a new one? Yeah, so um, absolutely important factor. And I mean, one of the main reasons why we founded the company as, as founders was that we wanted to build a like a purpose-driven company. So we wanted to build a company which has a positive effect uh, on the environment in this case. So of course, for us, it's really important to have a a, a good footprint on on the on the on the climate side, on the environmental side. So um, what we did in the past when we found the company and early in the beginning, we uh, talked together with like a consulting company focusing on sustainability because you want to have an external partner, which is doing an, a neutralist analysis on this topic, instead of that we kind of come up with random numbers. Um, so I mean, to verify the, the numbers that we want to, to get about it. Um, and we did an analysis about how much CO2 emissions are created through the refurbishment process, how much electronic waste is created. And the outcome was um, where we used, for example, data from Apple, because Apple provides um, data on the CO2 emissions for the production on the electronic waste of the devices. So it can be, um, there's like a source for this information for new devices. And the outcome was that a refurbished device creates 70% less CO2 emissions than the comparable new product, 
and a massive amount of um, electronic waste, which of course is based on, if it's a smartphone, it's less than, for example, a notebook or e-bike in general. But the main reason why it is the case, um, which I think is really important and good to know, is when we're talking about, let's say, a smartphone, which has much more than 100 components, an average on a refurbished proce process, only two components are replaced. So the remaining components are staying intact. Yeah to increase the lifetime of the product, right? And, and this makes it so sustainable compared to new products. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was wondering also because you mentioned uh, Apple in your reply. So of course there's this international aspect. Uh, where are you currently operating? Uh, where countries are you playing in, let's say? Yeah, so um, our, our core markets where we started from the beginning on was Germany and Austria. Um, we started directly in both countries from the beginning on in 2017. Um, then we expanded to Poland, Italy, uh, and Ireland over time. The reason behind it was kind of that we wanted to um, understand also the behavior of customers and what they're looking into um, in the Eastern European part, the Southern European part, and then also in the United Kingdom area. Um, but we also have our website um, available in an English version in up to like 12 countries across Europe. So also like Spain, Denmark, Netherlands, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but our main focus markets are currently Germany, Austria, Poland, Italy, Ireland, and France. And have you seen great differences between these uh, geographical markets in terms of the uh, consumer behavior? Uh, yes. I mean, what we, what we especially saw is, let's say, um, the reason for the purchase, right? So for example, in, in, in the let's say Western Europe part, but especially also in Germany and Austria, um, I think a lot, of, a lot of customers in the general society is much stronger in the direction of environmental conscious and they're searching for opportunities, how they could consume on a more sustainable way. Um, and I think also like when, we, when we're looking at this uh, Fridays for Futures developments um, over time, which for sure was like a great push towards a more sustainable movement. Where on the other hand, for example, in Eastern Europe, um, price is a really important topic still the case, so much more than, let's say, the sustainable factor. Um, overall, of course, I mean, the benefit of refurbished products is that they are cheaper and more sustainable. So you, you, nevertheless, you touch both, both points. But um, for sure, the motivation for the end purchase could be different from country to country. Yeah, I see. Um, Kilian, I remember as a as a young teenager, I remember having my Nokia thirty three ten and uh, being able to disassemble it in all its parts and take out the battery and, and play with it, and many more other phones after that. But then at some point that stopped. I think maybe when the iPhone came out, or I, I don't quite remember when exactly. But um, can you tell us what happened in the industry since then and why? Yes, I mean, uh, I think also one one of my first phones was also the Nokia 3310 um, with this great snake game, I think, uh, which, which yes. I always played. <laughs> exactly. uh, so um, for sure, I mean, I think the, the biggest benefit in the past was that you could, for example, replace the battery uh, yourself really easily without any problem and without any help or screws or something like this. Yeah. Um, the, the, problem, the problem which exists right now is that the manufacturers producing the device in a way that it makes it as complicated as possible to repair. Um, from their perspective, <laughs> it makes sense because it, it, it normally increases their profit because customers are 
much earlier required to buy a new device because they maybe cannot repair it or it's too even too costly to repair. Um, because if you would, for example, repair an, an, an iPhone as an official Apple store, um, you, you pay more than 300 euros for a screen, um, where the question then is if you're willing to, to pay this for, for just a replacement mm -hmm. of a screen. So I think the, the, the important factor is to, um, uh, to also, on a political side, to force uh, manufacturers to, 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 to design products on a more sustainable way so that you can replace uh, components easier, that you repair, can you repair it easier? And in this direction is also the politics going right now. I mean, in Europe, we have this strong right to repair movement, um, which is really strongly moving in this direction. And nevertheless, um, of course, these big corporates like a Samsung, like an Apple, like a Dell or whoever it is, of course, they have a lot of budget for lobbyism, um, which normally slows down the process in general. But yeah. I still think that the understanding in the, on, the, on the legacy level is there that we have to change something. And it cannot be the case that we just completely waste resources um, instead of, you know, increasing the life, the lifetime of the product and do like a circular economy out of the current linear circular economy. Yeah, I see. Because the, so the problem with the Detronis is not really just only the waste, right? That they create, it's, it's all the supply chain uh, from the extraction of the rare materials to the conditions that many people extract these materials to, to the whole supply chain that can, for example, in the case of iPhone, touch 10 or plus countries all over the world. Um, so, you know, can you give us like a, a broader perspective of what is the, what is the, the problem with, with electronics and also how do you make sure um, as a purpose-driven company that your your supply chain and, and your being internally also sustainable? Sure. Uh, I mean, in general, when we're talking about electronic devices, um, the majority of, of resources they contain are rare elements or like a, a really important factor. For example, for the battery, um, it's mainly cobalt or lithium, which uh, is probably one of the worst things you can uh, extract from the, from the earth, right? Because uh, also of the labor behaviors, a lot of child work, uh, work in, in Africa or in South America in this regard. Um, so the goal has to be to not just produce new components, new devices, but um, use the resources and the components we already have and they are still in uh, in a working working environment, right? So, um, I mean, as, as I told you regarding the refurbishment that only two components are replaced, we're talking of a device of, let's say, if we just say 100 components as one device, 98 would still be possible to use and are in perfect condition. Mm -hmm. So if we now also thinking about how many, I mean, maybe even yourself, right, as, or, or you both have old smartphones in your cupboard somewhere at home, um, just thinking about that there again are 100 components randomly staying in your cupboard without any usage, and what benefit would it be if you would return it to this to the to the circular economy and allow them to be used for refurbishment or the device itself get refurbished or even just using these components from your old device to refurbish other devices, and uh, I think this is the, the the importance of also us as a company is to increase the the, the refurbishment in general. So the the the, the requirement that people are returning their old devices and refurbishing them and not 
shipping them, let's say, to Africa or Asia, where they landing on landfills and getting burned um, because it is the easiest way to distract the, the materials, um, which of course massively not only harms the environment, but especially in these places, also the health conditions of the people living there. And of course, let's say burning electronic devices, um, which normally results in a life expectancy of only 30 years. Mm -hmm. So the, the overall picture of electronics uh, can be really bad. And exactly this is where we, t where we try to touch it and want to change it through a higher rate of refurbishment in general. Yeah. Yeah, because I, th I think that not many people even know that uh, it's possible to to refer to actually myself when I uh, came across your company, uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually, you know, very smart and very possible to do. Why, why didn't I search for it before? So how do you make sure to educate the market on something that, you know, it's not um, known yet? I think one of the biggest challenge we have is about the educational part, um, because the majority of people, as, as you pointed out, they know used products, they know new products, but they don't know this third category of condition, which is refurbished, um, which is kind of between new and used, but really close to new. So it's far away from used normally because of this process of refurbishment. Um, so, so of course, this educational part is, is, is a really strong, strong topic. And um, I think there was like a couple of years ago, there was a, or like one or two years ago, there was a survey um, about asking, especially in Germany, like how many people know refurbished as a category. Yeah. And I think only 10% said, we know about it. And the remaining 90 were like, I have no idea what it is. And then yeah. they explained it in the survey, what refurbished products are. And afterwards, more than 70% said, yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. I would buy a refurbished device. <laughs> um, and I think this greatly shows the potential of this, this market in general of the refurbished products, because if we're able to educate people, uh, more and more will understand that, you know, it's just a win-win situation. There's nothing to lose. It, it's just a theory-based, the perfect uh, offering for a lot of people. Um, and this, of course, is, is the goal that we're having. And our biggest success in this regard is especially referrals. So that we have more than 50% of our customers coming from referrals. So other people told them, hey, this, this refurbished, this refurb thing is amazing. You should also check it out and buy something there because why spending too much money on new devices when you can buy a sustainable electronic device uh, with warranty and everything um, as a refurbished opportunity. And uh, I think this is the success which builds up also the growth of our company. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned uh, education in your answer, uh, educating consumers about what refurbishing is and why it can be useful and beneficial. Although I think there's also another aspect to education, which is uh, just related to the concept of consumption itself. And I think I have a question here regarding uh, your position there, because on the one hand, you are a marketplace, uh, but on the other, you're advocating for conscious consumption. So how do you balance between these two aspects as you kind of fall in between the two of them? In general, it's, it's, I think it's really clear that the, the perfect solution would be you do not consume, right? That, is, that would be for just from the environmental perspective, the perfect solution, because if you do not consume and you maybe, you know, you use your, let's say, smartphone for 20 years, and if it works 20 years, that would be the perfect world. Um, but even that 
even if you're you know you, you take so much care about your device you're really careful you, you really charge it as you should charge it so that the battery lasts as much as, as long as possible even then you will have the issue about the software because the software updates are not supporting from the manufacturer for a specific time so yeah. if, so, so in realistically even if you would like to use your device as long as you can most likely after four or five years, that's normally the average, uh, how long a, a device is supported from software perspective, you have to replace it, even if it works perfectly, just because of the software doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, this is completely stupid and, and absolutely bullshit if you, if you honestly ask me, but this is the case. And if you just think about then, if you just think about these customers, right, they now need a new device. And so if, if we're able to offering them a better option than buying another new device, that's already like a great success. So, of course, in general, our whole business model is only successful if customer buys something from us, right? But um, I think we have still a long, long way to go uh, until we're reaching a point where we would say, you know, for being successful, for, for being able to grow, we need that our customers exchange their device every two years. That is also one of the reasons why we are a marketplace with this product selection that we're having, right? So um, maybe the, the customer goes to us and buys a smartphone as a first purchase, but then they're realizing, wow, this refurbishment literally is, works, right? It's a cool thing, it, it makes sense. And when they now have to buy a notebook for let's say the university or and they need to buy a Hoover because they moved in a new house, they most likely will think if refurb tested it, I will buy it there again. And this again would, of course, benefit us as a company. So it's not that we are focusing on pushing our company, customers to buy every half a year a new smartphone. That shouldn't be our goal because then we're also working against this purpose-driven mentality that we're having, but offering them all options of electronics when they need it after something maybe breaks or it's not repairable anymore. That is our goal. Great. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, it's a great step in the right direction. Um, Kilian, I want to take you back to, to the beginnings. Um, of course you had very good success. Um, but I'm curious, what was, what was the journey like at the beginning? What moved you? Uh, I know you have a co-founder to, to create the company and, uh, what were some of the challenges along the way that, uh, tried to, to stop you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, Maybe I, I would have to start then in my, my first place where I worked um, after my, my university. So, I mean, I studied my master's degree in Shanghai, um, worked there for a sustainable startup uh, next to my studies. Um, this was also the time uh, in 2013 where I met Peter, who is my co-founder. So that was kind of the, the beginning of the journey without even starting it yet. Um, and then I started my professional working career working for Amazon in Munich. So I worked for the marketplace department and was building up the whole Amazon Renewed program in Europe. So um, the refurbished program of Amazon, um, I was launching it from the United States to Europe. That was um, my first touch point with refurbished products myself. And I literally directly fall in love because I, I realized that they have to be part of our future. At the same time, I have to say that, you know, the vision, what Amazon wanted to do with refurbished products and my personal vision um, went in opposite directions which resulted in the case that I, I got a bit frustrated and thought about, hey, we have to change something there and uh, we have to create something to make refurbished products, you know, big, well-known well, well known, 
Um, and then was a touch point then where I got back to Peter and uh, we were still in contact from university. He was consultant at McKinsey. Um, so was uh, consulting the largest e-commerce players in the digital side. Um, and at the end of the day, this was, of course, then a pretty perfect fit from, right, yeah. from strategy point and maybe a product perspective point. Um, so that we decided of, hey, let's let's create Refurbed and, and, and build this company and make refurbished product, you know, the new normal uh, instead of a, a niche product. Um, and then shortly after we found the company, our third co-founder, Jürgen, joined, who is our CTO, um, and which kind of at the end perfectly complemented our uh, founders team. It sounds really like a, a dream founders team for any investor or also, you know, for the, for the whole company. It's, uh, it's very cool. Um, did you go to Shark Tank? Did I understand that correctly? The, the, the German version of it? How was yeah. that experience? Yes, um, I mean, we went to, to the Austrian version of Shark Tank, um, but it's, okay. uh, it, it's pretty similar. I mean, I think the, the concept is everywhere the same. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there in uh, 2017, so really, really early after we started. Um, and uh, of course, it was um, really, really crazy, uh, especially <laughs> if, if you were like the, the first time in front of, let's say, 10 cameras, all the lights, mm-hmm. and you're probably extremely nervous, sweating like hell, uh, because these four judges are sitting in front of you and, and try to, uh, to uh, yeah, go, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> try to kill you kind of, uh, with every <laughs> argument you, you're mentioning. Um, but it was, it was honestly like an, uh, an amazing experience for us, because especially we, we got extremely positive feedback from all investors, um, which is, is a great proof of concept because there are like these investors, of course, are also um, chosen because of their experience or because of their knowledge about specific fields. So that they told us that they see a, a great market potential in our idea, of course, helped us a lot. Um, and of course, it also allowed us to um, reach a wider audience of customers, which maybe haven't knew us before just from our like original advertisement of social media on Google or wherever. Um, so I think it was a really important step of our success. Yeah, I see. And what are the what are the challenges that you got along the way? Like, what are the moments that uh, you know you you if if you have encountered any that you you thought you know this could this could all fall or uh, something happened that tried to abruptly stop your your journey. I think like at first the like creating a marketplace is always a challenge because you always have this chicken and egg issue um, mm. because you know if, if you do not have offers they, it doesn't make sense to to kind of acquire customers but on the other hand if you do not have any customers there's not so much motivation for refurbishers to offer their products to no customer so I think this was for sure the earliest and first challenge that we had to accomplish. Um, but also, I think another really, really important factor for us was always one of our our company principles is to test things. We want to always do like I mean, we're always running A/B tests, like couple of A/B tests in parallel on our side. But we did it from the beginning on because for us it's really important, I think, to, to generic general uh, getting feedback and getting the understanding of the customer. What do they like? What they don't like? What experience they prefer towards another experience? Um, and when we started, I think one month after we found the company, we already had our first version of our marketplace um, MVP live, where we literally 
which honestly like looked horrible at this point of time, but it was really easy to do and allowed us to sell the first you know, couple of products per day. And then we literally sit in the evening at uh, at home and called each of our customers of this day and asked them how they liked the experience, what we could do better. And through this improved on a literally on a daily base. Um, and this principle we still keeping active uh, and always uh, uh, still continue to do this A-B testing. But this allowed us to directly get the feedback of the customer to improve our our processes, our uh, our product itself. I see. I was uh, thinking back to some of the things you mentioned earlier, and there was something that uh, I've been pondering about for a while at this point. Uh, since Marcello was mentioning challenges you faced, have you had any challenges, have you faced any challenges with the companies, uh, the products of which you refurbish? I mean, I can imagine maybe Apple not being so happy about you selling on your marketplace uh, some products that they produced and to begin with and that now you're refurbishing and then selling. Absolutely a, a correct point, right? I mean, it, it doesn't make really sense that Apple would be happy that, <laughs> that we kind of take a bit of market share from customers who theoretically would buy a new product. Um, Especially when I think Apple started a, a strong approach of offering customers which buying a new product that, and they give back their old device to Apple and um, that they get a discount, for example, on the new product. Uh, I think this was a marketing promotion they did uh, two or three years ago and still doing it. And honestly, we were afraid uh, and a bit scared that it would result in the case that they want to reduce the supply so that I don't know, like just maybe destroy the old devices or whatever doing with it, but just excluding it from the market so that there wouldn't be a refurbished market. Um, but surprisingly, the outcome was that, for example, in the US, we're working with one of our partners. He gets all of these like purchased devices from Apple. So where, where the customer sold to Apple when he buys a new product, they get all of the devices and, and buying them from Apple. And this is a refurbisher which is selling on our platform. So in theory base, Apple is even supplying the refurbished market through specific contracts with they're having um, and offering these products. Of course, not, not under the, sa the same name, but um, luckily, I mean, for us as a business, of course, um, they still have it as part of their business strategy to resell these devices, these old devices, to the refurbished and secondary market so that they can get refurbished. Um, which allows us, of course, to have higher supply over time as well. So rather than a challenge, it was uh, it's actually an opportunity for you, uh, a great source uh, to fuel your activities. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And now changing slightly topic, uh, ideally, uh, we would like all manufacturers to uh, design products uh, with a circular approach. So. Assuming that uh, we will manage to switch to using and not to consuming, what do you think the role of uh, referred, uh, referred will be? Absolutely, I mean, good, good question. Um, I think uh, this, this would be, or in my opinion at least, it's a vision for a couple of decades in the future because uh, um, I think the right to repair movement will come. I cannot say if it will be like, you know, enforced in two years or in five years, but there will something happening. But I also don't think that, let's say, the the big global manufacturers and the specific, let's say, smartphone brands we all have in mind will change from today to tomorrow, let's say, to a modular system where they 
build products in a way that you know literally you can switch just one like one component yourself like a like a puzzle um i don't think that this will happen I, what i what i think will happen is that they will design these devices from model to model more repairable they will allow more and more third party refurbishers or repairmen companies to re refurbish these devices they will provide more spare parts to these to these companies because they are they're like forced from the governments right but they will do that so i think especially over the next let's say 10 to 20 years it will be a, a the opposite effect it will be like a huge benefit for us as refurbed because it will allow not only you know like the biggest refurbishers extremely specialized refurbishers which need to kind of have the same machines than a foxconn or like the factories in in china for apple to refurbish the devices but it would even allow you know smaller companies newer companies which do not have this exceptional expertise to go onto this market and starting to refurbish devices so i think this 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 development and movement will allow us to even further grow the supply set because it gets easier to repair easier to refurbish and until a specific point maybe when it's so easy to refurbish and repair that everyone can do it themselves like we're going back to the nokia 3310 example from the beginning um of course then the question would be that we as a company of course have to develop ourselves as well do not lose touch because we would be let's say the next nokia uh, that of course shouldn't be our goal um but of course this is something we we will for sure keep 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 in mind and always look after but just from my personal experience um and also as i'm as i'm part of an expert circle of the european commission for circular economy I, I don't think that this will happen in the next decade. Okay, so uh, we were just now discussing uh, the future that you see for, let's call it what is outside of refurbed. What about refurbed? Uh, what's your roadmap? What, what do you think is the most exciting thing in refurbed's future? I think like a, like a program we just recently launched is called uh, Refurb Buyback, which allows customers to also sell their old devices back to the refurbishers through our page. Because um, what we, I mean, until now, we just kind of worked on one part of the circle uh, because we allowed customers to buy refurbished devices, but they couldn't do anything with their old device. So our, of course, our strong goal was to close the circle, close the loop. And we were able to do that by exactly doing this. Now the customer can buy a refurbished device from us at the same time can sell his old device so that it's getting refurbished again. So we literally close the circle. So I think this is a really important and big step for us, especially because we realized from a lot of customers that they, you know, they, don't, they didn't know where to sell the device. It's not about trust, I think, because, you know, if you have this peer-to-peer um, -peer platforms where you sell your device to a random person on the street, and um, at least for me, I think I have a lot of private information on my product and most likely the, the smartphone knows the most of us and much more than our best friends maybe even know about us. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's always a bit of a, a trust issue that you give this product now to someone on the street, which could be, I don't know, like a hacker or something and distracts the data. So, and this is, I think, one of the big results why so many people have their old devices at home in the cupboards, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't want to give it away. And with our offering of Refurb Buyback, we want to allow customers to give back their devices in a trustworthy environment, like a certified um, deletion software. Everything is included in there in this packaging so that the customer can be ensured there will be nothing found on this device um, when it's resold. So um, I think this is a really, really big step 
uh, in general for the circular economy and electronic sector. So I'm really excited about um, growing this this new program, which we just launched launched as a test right now. Um, and uh, but I also think there you know there's so much more opportunities, especially uh, overall in electronics. So it could be different categories, as I said before. It could be in the in the long future, white goods like fridges, washing machines, and mobility products, scooters, e-bikes, etc. Um, but also you know in general you could look out of other sustainable areas, right? Uh, I mean there is no place where you when you when you would say I want to buy something sustainable doesn't matter if it's electronic if it's fashion if it's uh, consumables or whatever it is there's no this there's no amazon for these kind of area right so um, i think there's a big a big opportunity in general to you know be the touch point for sustainability in the future um, and i think with with the customers which we have a lot of them are really sustainable conscious so um, i think there's a lot of opportunity to being their one-stop shop for sustainability Aha, back to Amazon, I see, huh? <laughs> yeah, green Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good. I, I, I'm looking forward to, to see that. So, but uh, uh, I'm actually in the market for a new phone. So are you telling me that I can send you this uh, Huawei that I have for two years? I paid, I think, 250 euros at the time. Um, so you're, are you going to pay me the value that you can recover to Huawei or, or how does it work? Yeah, so so how it works like uh, on our on our website um, when you when you go on a buy big website for refurbed, um, you you can just type in the device that you want to sell back, um, mm -hmm. and behind this there's of course a calculation, um, what it what would be the the potential value after the refurbishment to sell it back, um, so let's say if if your product let's say would be completely destroyed right it was falling down the screen is broken yeah. and everything most likely you wouldn't get really a value out of the device because the refurbishment would be maybe too expensive, um, especially for like a two or three, four years old device. But for example, what we're doing there is um, we're donating this device for uh, for specific good courses um, so that it gets recycled. Because at least, you know, if it really, really reaches the end of life, mm -hmm. then recycling is much better opportunity than the bin uh, and, and putting it on a landfill. So we also are conscious about this. But when the product is still in, in good shape, then um, behind our, our website, there's a calculation how much, rev, like how much the sales price could be of the device, and then of course the calculation of how much, how many components most likely they have to be replaced. So there are a couple of questions which are asked regarding, for example, is your screen intact? Um, is it SIM lock or not? So all of these questions are asked, and after you responded, you get a price which shows you what the what what price you would get for selling back the device. Cool. All right. I'm going to do that for sure. Thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I might look into it as well. Uh, I have way too many phones in my cupboards, as you were mentioning. So uh, that's definitely something I should uh, look into. But that is my step into being more sustainable. What about you? Other than uh, working at Refurb, of course, what do you do to uh, live a responsible and sustainable life? You know, I, I think, for, for example, I mean, I, I live in Vienna. Um, originally, I'm from Hamburg in Germany, but now I live in Vienna since four and a half years um, because our headquarters here in Vienna. Um, and for example, I do not even have a car. Uh, like uh, I, I do everything with public transportation. Or if if the weather is good, especially with a bicycle, because it's really easy to to go around here and the uh, everything is, is is really well developed. So I think um, this is for me a really important point myself because I think. Uh, 
in general, cars have a really negative footprint, and especially when you're going like short distance. Um, this is for sure one big big point which I, I would uh, underline uh, as a res responsible point from my side. Uh, in addition to it, I think in general, you know, in increasing the lifetime of something is always great. Uh, it could be close, right? That you're not buying or going into the circles of the big fashion brands would have, I think nowadays, eight seasons instead of four seasons or something <laughs> like this. Uh, and keeping what you have uh, and you know, you don't need 10 jeans. I think two are fine. And if they're literally completely gone and you have so big holes in the jeans that you can't use them anymore, then you can buy a new one. And um, so this is a bit of, I think, the perspective that I have um, uh, in general, but especially, of course, also through refurbed and through the idea of increasing the lifetime of products and getting a better understanding how bad it is to the consumption itself in all different layers. And therefore, also use the same mindset, uh, not only on electronics, but also in a lot of other areas of my daily life. I see. Cool. Um, Kilian, I like to finish the interview usually with, uh, with a question that is, uh, how do you see the world? How's the world for you in 10 years' time? hopefully better than now uh, <laughs> if you see what, what happens across the world and especially uh, also on the on the environmental side with all of the disasters happening mm. around the world um, personally I, I really really hope that you know we're talking about since since a couple of years about you know we are five minutes to 12 we have to change uh, it's now now it's time if you're not changing now it's too late uh, and honestly like I'm I'm really sad that it always looks like that people or like the majority of people still don't have rec recognized it and understood it. So I really, I really hope that, you know, more and more people understood that even if they do their own little change, the overall benefit of everyone is doing their little part has an effect. But I also strongly hope that more and more companies are going in the direction that profitability and for example, sustainability are not something which has to be against each other. Um, and so creating business models which can, com which can combine a positive impact together with a successful business and making revenue. Um, because in the end of the day, in my opinion at least, the world can only change if on an economy side, this mindset of companies changes. Because if the biggest corporates in the world are destroying the, the planet more than they have a positive impact, you know, a lot of the movements of, let's say, startups or other small companies will have no impact. So there has like a, a, a convincing and not greenwashing way of yeah. these companies to move in the direction of how can we with our business have an impact and create value, not only on, on a perspective of money, but also on a perspective of ESG, right? So in general, all of these topics um, for, for, for the general society. Well, I cannot think of a better way to wrap up the episode. So, Killian, thank you so much for telling us about Refurbed and uh, for your energy and for everything you do in your life. And, uh, in your life. Thank you. It was a pleasure to have this nice conversation with you today. Pleasure was ours. Thank you, Killian. Bye-bye. really appreciate you staying with us until the end of the episode. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review 
And if you don't want to miss any new episode, subscribe to the podcast. Also, we'd really like to hear your feedback. Do you have any questions for our guests? Do you want to nominate your favorite company? Or just giving us advice on how to improve the content for you? Then drop us an email at askresetmindset at gmail.com. That's askresetmindset at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon.